Closer Look is a public affairs presentation. Views and opinions of the guests don't always reflect the views of the ministry, and some topics aren't suitable for children. K-Love is committed to community. Closer Look continues with a look at local agencies, events, and issues. Welcome to Closer Look. I'm Ed Lenane here in Washington at our studio inside the Museum of the Bible. And we're talking with Congressman Michael Guest, who represents Mississippi's 3rd District. He is a new member of Congress, winning election this past November. He's replacing Greg Harper, who decided to not seek re-election after 10 years of service. Currently, the congressman serves on the House Committee on Homeland Security, the Foreign Affairs Committee, the House Committee on Ethics. The congressman has an extensive background as well in law enforcement, first as the ADA, then the district attorney for Madison and Rankin counties. He's married to Haley. Together, they've got two boys. They remain involved in church life. He's been a Sunday school teacher and a church deacon as well. Congressman, thank you for making the time to talk with us today. I know you got the tour of the Museum of the Bible today. How'd and, you like that? Impressive. Uh, first opportunity that I've had to visit the museum, uh, and uh, we got the four-hour tour in about 30 minutes, so it was a, a very condensed version, uh, but looking forward to coming back and spending some time here. There are some amazing things going on at the library, and we hope to uh, get to be a part of that. Absolutely. Well, congratulations on your election to Congress. I know you are well acquainted with the man that you're replacing. Are you feeling maybe or have felt a little pressure to fill Greg Harper's shoes? Well, I will tell you, you know, Greg has left some huge shoes to fill. I don't know that anybody can actually fill those shoes. Uh, I had the opportunity to know Greg uh, for about 20 years. I knew Greg uh, before he ran for Congress, uh, before uh, I ran for a prosecutor back in Mississippi. Uh, Greg and I uh, would uh, serve together on uh, some uh, com- Republican committees there locally, and 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 got and we developed a friendship. We were both local lawyers uh, in adjacent communities, uh, and so we would spend a lot of time together. Got to know Greg, uh, just knew Greg to be a, a man of uh, great honor, great integrity, uh, and so I, I was immediately uh, drawn to Greg uh, and excited once he was elected to Congress and really began to follow his career. Um, I always had an interest in local or state politics, but really not national. Uh, and so as uh, when you know someone who is actually serving in Congress, uh, it is it's easy to follow. And so uh, Greg would often come home and I would see him uh, at church events or community events or political events. And I would uh, often pick his brain about what was going on in Washington, D.C. Uh, and so uh, after 10 years of service, uh, Greg decided he wanted to return home uh, to spend more time with his family. Uh, I talked to Greg about the possibility of uh, replacing Greg. We had several uh, long conversations about that, uh, talked to family about it, uh, spent time in prayer over it, uh, and just came to a piece that uh, this was something uh, that I felt like that not only myself but my family was being led to do. And uh, so uh, after Greg's announcement uh, not to run, uh, we shortly thereafter uh, qualified to try to replace Greg and and began a a almost year-long campaign. Well, being the uh, district attorney, I know you've had plenty of experience in running for public office. So how much of a difference was there in running for Congress than what you had experienced before? 
you know, uh, you know, the, the the first thing is, you know, the the area that uh, of the district um, is um, many times larger. Uh, I went from a two county district as a prosecutor to a twenty four county congressional district, and so you're um, and so you're you're going in, in that district from the eastern side to the western side. It, it covers a large uh, area of territory. Uh, you have some very urban areas of the district, uh, such as the capital city part of Jackson is in the district. You've got Meridian, which is uh, one of your major metropolitans on the eastern side. And then you've got some very rural parts of the district. And so uh, what I found uh, campaigning uh, is that you learn a great deal about your state um, that you may not have known. Um, as a prosecutor, I had to focus uh, on the criminal justice system, uh, the laws, how those laws are applied, court cases. Uh, but when you're running for office, uh, you get a, a broad snapshot of everything from infrastructure to health care to military installations that exist within your district, within the state. Uh, and so that's probably been one of the greatest things about uh, not only the campaign, uh, but being elected for office is just the interaction that I've had with people uh, throughout my state uh, and the things that I've been able to learn. What specifically was it that influenced you to make the jump to join Congress? You know, um, for the last two or three years of my service as, as district attorney, you know, I just kind of felt like that there was something else that I, I, I love my time in the DA's office. Uh, I would tell you being a prosecutor uh, is a very, very fulfilling profession. Uh, you get to work with some outstanding men and women of law enforcement. Uh, you get to go into courtrooms, fight on behalf of victims. Uh, and in many cases, you get to see justice being served. And so uh, I had done that for uh, as a uh, started off as an intern in the DA's office, uh, was able to work my way into an entry-level position, uh, then staff attorney, then assistant district attorney, uh, and then ultimately to, to run for district attorney. But I just felt like that, that there was something else um, that, that was in my future. I uh, wasn't sure what it was, but, but just had had that feeling, had some conversations back and forth with my wife about this. Uh, and then, uh, you know, everyone was surprised by Congressman Harper's announcement for retirement. Um, he was a very successful uh, legislator, uh, very well thought of, very well respected. Uh, no one thought that Greg was going to retire at a f fairly uh, young age. Uh, and so it, it just seemed like that this was kind of a, a door that was opening uh, as I was looking to kind of transition into something else. And so, you know, I'm a firm believer uh, that, that God opens and closes doors. Uh, and it seemed like that this was a door that he was opening for myself and my family. Uh, and so uh, after prayer and discussion, uh, we kind of stepped out on faith, uh, believing that, that this was uh, the direction uh, that was meant for us. So it's, it's early, obviously, in your first term. But looking forward, you've made it known that the priorities for you would be Mississippi farmers, improving infrastructure, health care, immigration reform. So let's talk about infrastructure first for a little bit. I know I know you're for a limited government, uh, but you also believe there's a part of the federal government that it should play and could play in funding for updating infrastructure, right? 
I do. You know, I, I believe uh, not just in my district, in my state, but I believe throughout our country that we have an aging infrastructure, that um, we have not uh, properly maintained the infrastructure uh, that we've built. Uh, and so you have uh, roads, bridges, water, sewage uh, that uh, is in, in need of upgrade. Uh, and, and I believe if we're going to accomplish that, that it's going to require the, the local government, the state government, and the federal government all working together. Uh, and I believe that this can be a bipartisan issue. This can be an issue that Republicans and Democrats can work together, uh, that we can uh, put together hopefully an infrastructure pack, package that uh, would be able to pass out of both the House and the Senate and ultimately be signed by the president. Uh, and so uh, um, what I would like to do is for the people of Mississippi is is I would like to see uh, that, that money that is being appropriated by the federal government be passed down to the states. Uh, and then that each state would then have the ability to decide how that money should best be spent. Uh, I don't believe in a top-down approach where um, Washington, uh, the federal uh, bureaucrats, are trying to micromanage uh, how those funds would be spent. I believe that the, the funds should be allocated to the state. Really Really, with just the, the general provision that they be spent on infrastructure, you don't want the money necessarily being spent on parks and uh, things of that nature, which are important. You want those money to be spent on roads and bridges and, and, and water, sewage, possibly even rural broadband, which is something important in, in our district. And so that's something, again, that I see an appetite in Washington for. Uh, I believe it is an area uh, that we can have bipartisan cooperation on and something that I hope that we'll be able to accomplish in this Congress. I mentioned at the start you're serving on the House Homeland Security Committee. Pretty sure that your law enforcement background is going to help out here, right? Well, what do you want to see accomplished coming out of that committee? You know, you're exactly right. One of, one of the interests that I had in Homeland Security is it was a committee that I felt uh, going in that, that I would have a good working knowledge of. Based on my 20-plus years of, of prosecution, you know, I, I've had the opportunity to work with local law enforcement, state law enforcement, and federal law enforcement. And a lot of what we do on Homeland Security is the interaction between different law enforcement agencies uh, as we seek to, to keep our country safe. Uh, of course, you know, the, the biggest issue that we're going to be dealing with in that committee uh, and, a, and a major issue in Congress uh, is uh, border security. Uh, what are we going to be able to do to secure our southwest border? Uh, and so that's something that, that I'm excited to be able to um, have a, to play a, a part in that discussion. Um, as a prosecutor, uh, I look at securing our southwest border from the perspective of what can we do to stop the flow of illegal drugs from coming into our country. Um, most of the studies that, that you see and read will tell you that roughly 90 percent of the large majority of illegal drugs that are sold on the streets of our country, whether that be back home in my district, whether that be in Washington, uh, anywhere throughout our country, uh, that those drugs are not manufactured here, uh, but those drugs that are manufactured in Central South America. In the case of things such as fentanyl, uh, those drugs are manufactured in China. Those drugs are then shipped to Mexico, uh, and drug cartels then smuggle those drugs across our unsecured border uh, into um, the, 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 the states uh, that border us on, on the, uh, the southwest, and then they're distributed across the country. And uh, I think 
we would all agree that we have a a drug problem you often hear of the opioid epidemic we see increasing numbers of individuals who are dying as a result of drug overdoses uh, and what I want to do is I want to make it as difficult as possible for individuals to be able to smuggle drugs into our country uh, and I believe that securing the unsecured portion of the border the border that does not currently have fencing does not have walls does not have electric sensors, if we can secure the unsecured portion and if we can force all traffic through our ports of entry, whether that be foot traffic, whether that be vehicle traffic, commercial traffic, then we can dedicate our resources um, to policing those ports of entry. We can use our manpower. We can use our technology. And I believe that it would have a significant impact in our ability to reduce the availability of illegal drugs on our street. You are listening to Closer Look. I'm Ed Lenane here in Washington, visiting with Congressman Michael Guest from Mississippi's 3rd District. I read there's another first for you, as you are the first freshman member of Congress to be appointed to serve on the House Committee on Ethics. So congratulations on that. What's going to be your priorities for that committee's work? You know, uh, ethics is a nonpartisan committee. It is equally divided between Republicans and Democrats. Uh, And it was an honor uh, that their leadership in the Republican Party asked me to be uh, a member of that committee, again, to be the only uh, freshman member. Uh, Again, I think the the fact that I have a prosecutorial background uh, had some uh, impact uh, in uh, their decision to place me on that committee. Uh, But uh, on that committee, we want to work with other members of the committee. We want to work to see that we are policing uh, the Congress, uh, you know, uh, and my, my, my goal and my hope is that, that we sit around and we have nothing to do, that it is uh, the, the, the least met committee of any committee of Congress uh, and that, that, that we're just there um, really in hopes uh, that nothing occurs. But if there are complaints that are made, if we do have members of Congress who are violating the ethical rules, it will be our responsibility to see that an a investigation uh, is conducted uh, and that, that, that they receive uh, a, a fair hearing uh, on those allegations. All right, let's take a look at the uh, third district itself. You've got some big cities, like you mentioned, Meridian, parts of Jackson, predominant in rural communities. It's a district that stretches border to border, Louisiana to Alabama. It contains the state's largest university, right, Mississippi State. Military presence is large in East Mississippi with the Naval Air Station, Air National Guard. Overall, Congressman, you've got a lot of variety and a lot of different needs. What kind of challenges does that present for you to spread the love, so to speak? Well, you're exactly right. You know, when you've got a district that uh, represents both the rural and urban parts uh, of the district, uh, you want to make sure that that you are concentrating on the district as a whole. Um, And that's why you look at things uh, such as infrastructure that we talked about earlier. Uh, Infrastructure is an important need, whether it is a a large city such as Jackson or whether it's one of your more rural uh, communities. Uh, And so, you know, you you, you, want to focus first. First, on, on those issues um, that affect both the rural and urban, uh, and then you want to strike a proper balance between uh, things such as health care. You know, if you're in a rural part of the state, you know, you're looking at trying to maintain uh, and keep open those uh, community county hospitals where people can go and and they can get uh, that emergency service that they need. Uh, If you're in a more urban area, you're going to be looking at more specialized care. So, you know, health care, even though you're looking at different extremes of health care, health care is still a very common interest uh, throughout the district. Uh, You mentioned military presence. So we are blessed in the 3rd Congressional District to uh, particularly uh, over in Meridian to have the Meridian Naval Air Station. Uh, You've got the refueling 
wing there at Keyfield and Meridian. Uh, you've got some uh, Air National Guard and some National Guard bases uh, throughout the district, and so there is a large military presence. Just outside the district to the north is uh, Keesler Air Force Base. To the south, uh, there is a, an Air Force Base as well. Uh, and so, um, uh, excuse me, Keesler is to the south and Columbus is to the north, Columbus Air Force Base. So, you know, we, there, there is a military presence there. Uh, and so we want to work to make sure that we, not just myself, but the other members of Congress, are positioning our military institutions, our military installations, uh, so that if there is another round of base closings, that, that we are well positioned to keep those uh, facilities open in Mississippi. Another issue for East Mississippi is the lack of industry, right, for the region. How, how do you think uh, your role and how do you think Congress can help with that? You know, uh, uh, economic uh, development, economic growth uh, is important uh, uh, to my state in its entirety. Um, you know, speaking specifically to the eastern part of the district, um, uh, we just a few weeks ago uh, went uh, to Meridian, uh, the largest city there on the, the eastern side of, of the district. We met with the, the, the people there in their economic development. Uh, we were able to tour the facilities uh, that, that they have, uh, go through the industrial park to see uh, areas uh, that they are trying to use to recruit business and industry. Uh, and then we actually sat down uh, with other officials, both local and state officials, uh, and uh, sat down for uh, about half an hour and, and shot a video uh, that they were going to be using as they were seeking to um, promote these sites to show that there is uh, cooperation among all levels of government. Uh, and so we want to engage uh, with those individuals in economic development. Uh, we want to do anything that we can from being able to use the fact that they will be coming into a business-friendly environment, that they would have access uh, to the congressmen uh, in, in their district in an effort to promote those sites, to, to try to bring new businesses in and then promote existing businesses to look at expansion. Another uh, aspect of your work in Congress is the, your involvement in a number of different caucuses. It's my understanding that the first one you chose to be involved with was the Bipartisan Prayer Caucus. Tell me why that was your first choice. You know, um, my, my, my faith uh, has been something that has uh, guided me and been very important uh, throughout my life and decisions that I've made. Uh, uh, throughout um, considering running uh, for office and throughout the campaign, uh, there was a lot of time spent in prayer, uh, uh, time that I spent in prayer, time my family spent in, in prayer, uh, times that other people uh, prayed on my behalf. And so uh, we wanted to come in uh, recognizing the importance that prayer had played uh, in my life, the importance that prayer had played in the campaign. And so we wanted that to be the first caucus because I think everything is built around that. Everything is built around your faith. Everything is, is, is built around your prayer life. And so we wanted that to be the first first caucus that we chose to join uh, once uh, we were sworn in office. Mm -hmm. You also committed to joining the Pro-Life Caucus, so this, I think, next question kind of makes sense for me. You're a co-sponsor of what's called the Life at Conception Act of 2019. Talk about the substance of that. How far do you think this is going to get in the legislative process? Uh, this is going to be something that uh, we're going to, to fight back and forth on uh, as uh, this uh, Congress continues. Uh, and, and, I, and I'm hopeful uh, that we'll be able to um, make some headway on this. Uh, right now, we've been unable to do so, uh, but we're going to continue to, to fight on this issue uh, and to fight for the life of the unborn. I made mention of your family at the opening of our interview. I would imagine time away from home, family, church life might be challenging for you in terms of that balance 
balance between, you know, real life and Washington life. Uh, how do you think you're, you've been adjusting to that? Uh, you know, I, I will tell you that the most difficult part of the job so far has been the time away from my family. Um, you know, I, I have been able to return home uh, every weekend uh, to get to, to see them, uh, but it's still hard every uh, night as I'm talking to my wife and she's telling me about the things uh, that uh, that happened throughout her day, that happened uh, in the, the lives of our children that day, uh, and knowing that, that I'm not there to be a part of that. Uh, you know, I, I will also tell you that, that I think the – the the transition is probably toughest on the spouse um, that is back home uh, because uh, my wife now is having where she used to have my help to do things she's having to do those things on her own uh, she's having to make sure that uh, she's getting the, the kids where they need to be she's having to make sure that she's the one helping study for the tests that are going to be coming up uh, the next day uh, and so uh, I will tell you that, that my wife um, has been a great partner she has uh, adjusted extremely well to that uh, but uh, I do miss them dearly uh, each and every day and I do look forward to being able to return home after a week in Washington and spend time with my family and my friends uh, to be back in church on Sunday. Well again congratulations and now your first term in office no no matter what the future holds for you in Congress or whenever your serving time comes to an end, what's the one thing you hope your constituents are going to remember you by? You know, I, I, I hope that they remember me as someone um, that, they're, that they're proud of my service, uh, that, uh, that I was someone who uh, came and each and every day uh, worked hard to make them proud. Um, you know, uh, we really had three campaign promises uh, that we made. Uh, first is that we would work hard every day to make them proud. Uh, second is that we would work hard to see that we left a better country for our children and grandchildren. And third, that we would fight to see that we forever remain one nation under God. And so those were promises that we made, and those are things that as an office that we seek to do each and every day. Congressman Michael Guest, who represents Mississippi's 3rd District. Thank you, Congressman, for joining us today on Closer Look. Thank you for having me. This has been Love Closer Look. Find us online at klove.com.